Welcome to There Are Good Things Here, the podcast where we reflect on the lessons Katie Hubbard learned about living as she was preparing to die. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I never once opened Katie's journals while she was alive. Now I'm opening them up to you so you can discover resources for your faith, refreshing honesty, and unexpected joy for the journey through a painful world with a wonderful God. Today I'm going to be reading from two journal entries from Wednesday, March 4th and Saturday, March 7th. In the first, Katie is reflecting on the nature of faith, and in the second, she's talking about Jesus on the road to Emmaus talking with his disciples. First, from Wednesday, March 4th, 2015, Dear Lord, it is so interesting to me that I can have a quiet time at 2 p.m. after so many years of kids at home. And then from mom, from some devotional that she's been reading, God's terrible insistence on human freedom is so absolute that he granted us the power to live as though he does not exist. Jesus must have known this as he faced the tempter in the desert, focusing his power on the energy of restraint. I believe God insists on such restraint because no pyrotechnic display of omnipotence will achieve the response he desires. Only love can summon a response of love. I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. John 12:32. Then Katie goes on to write from Hebrews 6:12, Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. I like the fruit of faith, hope, courage, God is pleased, fortitude, stepping out, encouragement for others. Without faith and belief, what do we have to offer others? Hebrews 10.35 Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And then verse 37. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I simply reflect on the question that Katie asked. Without faith and belief, what do we have to offer others? And how she comments on the fruit of faith hope, courage, God is pleased, fortitude, stepping out in encouragement for others. I don't believe Katie could ever have known how much she had to offer others from the faith that she possessed. Then her journal entry from Saturday, March the 7th, 2015. Dear Lord, it has been an astonishingly full couple of days. Thursday, I ended up running errands almost all day. Becky came over and cleaned for Ben and Mary coming over, and we ended up talking for a while. I took Rachel shopping on Thursday after school and got a suit and shoes, Tom's, of course. Ben and Mary arrived yesterday from Colorado. They cooked a fabulous meal last night. Josh and Rachel and Becky came over for dinner. And then Dick Watkins came over and hung towel bars in the motorhome all day. 
Joe was off school, so we went to the dollar store and he picked out Rachel's birthday present, a blow-up dinosaur. We went on a date then to TCBY and he got a free yogurt for reading five books. We talked about the video, The Diary of a Worm, and then discussed which colors were the most common on cars. I love that boy. The NAV banquet is tonight. Bill Tell is speaking. Jess is doing all of the food. I can't help her at all. It hadn't occurred to me that the banquet might be something that alums would want to come to. Interestingly, in all the busyness of the last two days, I've really missed the quietness of my awesome room retreat. I know that cancer is forcing solitude, reflection, and intellect. I stayed up reading a stupid book last night. I kept expecting it to improve. It's so hard to use my mind wisely and well. Can I pause here and just say that Katie was a voracious reader. She was a really fast reader, so she devoured books and was always searching for good new authors. But that meant that oftentimes she was discovering bad new authors. And one of her struggles was she would get hooked into the story of a book that would then progress in some direction that she found objectionable. And then she would find it hard to pull back because, of course, you want to know how that story is going to end. And I love the fact that she's asking herself, in some ways pushing herself at this point in her life, not to use her mind in an unwise way, even though so many people would have excused her any liberty that she chose in that area because she wasn't feeling well, but not her. Then she goes on to quote from Streams in the Desert at some length the devotional book that she was reading. And here's a, a sentence or two from Streams. There is no way to learn of faith except through trials. Without trust in God, even great riches will leave us in poverty. And then from the March 6th Streams from Luke 24, 21, But we were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happen there in these days? Of course, the stream's entry there is quoting from the passage in Luke 24, where there are disciples walking on the road away from Jerusalem, and Jesus approaches them. In fact, Katie goes on to write from verse 15 in that passage, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, as that underlined. There they are, front row witnesses to the greatest event in human history, and they are sad, discouraged in their faith, shuddering and quivering on the floor. We had hoped. We were hoping. But the signs were there, the wonders, the teaching, but the events did not play out like we thought they should. Even this morning, the disciples said, we got word that Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. And from verse 24, certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So we are walking and sad and Jesus himself is drawn near and gone with them and they miss it. It didn't happen like I thought it should. Some things, a lot of things actually, lined up and met my expectation, but then poof, my faith crumbles. 
And even when I get the news, Jesus is alive, I still don't believe it because I did not see him. But here he is walking next to me. When I read, I often skip to the end and I don't want to waste my time reading it. It's human nature. Tell me how it all ends. It's like the motorhome. I do not understand everything. It sat rotting in a field for a year, and now it's beautiful. Friends, rally, you provided. But what does it all mean? I don't know. Of course, I think about all of this in light of cancer. I want to know how it will end. Will I be healed? Are my days short? Do I trust you? Do I believe what you have said about everything? This weekend is a physical reminder to me of giving up control. Ben and Mary wanted to cook dinner. Okay, sounds strange for visitors to make a dinner, but wow, they buy flowers and make lasagna, soup, bread, salad. Somehow, miraculously, even with all this going on, people still want to be here. My room is amazing. Has it only been a week? Thursday, I drove the blue van around. It was pretty challenging. I am so thankful for my new van. Wow, it is so comfortable and so much easier to drive. Thank you. Imagine the trauma of seeing Jesus executed, murdered, the violence, the injustice. Most of us have never seen anything like that. Me, only the young man on the motorcycle back when I was in college, the shock of it all, and then two days later, he is alive. Thanks for joining me for this edition of There Are Good Things Here. I'm your host, Norman Hubbard, and I hope that you will join me again next week for the next episode. And hey, if you have a friend who you think would be blessed from listening in, please mention this podcast to them. 